know why we sing that part? Take the coal and touch my lips. Because we're a defiled people. And we need cleansed, purified. And so we sing that song. Whoever wrote that song is an awesome song. Take the coal from the throne of God. Touch my lips, Lord. Remember when the high priest once a year went into the most holy place. He wouldn't even sleep at night for fear he'd have a bad dream, a dirty dream. Those that were in the priesthood with him would constantly read scripture to him so that when he went into the most holy place, there was nothing that would defile And when you went in from the holy place to the most holy place, there was this big, thick curtain. There wasn't any doorway. There wasn't any usher there. You had to get down on your knees, lift it up, and you entered in on your face. The Lord's been reminding me of some things from years ago. Messages that God has given me. And if that's all they were, were messages, we missed the mark. You remember the word kabod. Some of you do, and some of you probably weren't here. But that is a Hebrew word, the kabod. And it means the weighty presence of God. Not just the presence of God, but a time where God turns up His presence. And it's the kabod, the weighty presence of God. And I've been thinking about the most holy place and being holy all through over at my office and standing over there. And then Michael starts singing that song. The God... Our God wants to visit us with His kabod, His weighty presence of God. Even if you're a non-believer, you'll leave and go, man, I don't know what was going on in there. The weighty, heavy presence of your God. Another word that He had given me was, remember we were to be God chasers. We are to be in pursuit of God. In fact, we notched it up and we were talking about policemen with their lights are going and their sirens are blaring because they are in hot pursuit. They are going to catch that person. Then we talked about when the pursuer all of a sudden becomes the pursued by God. Do you remember these? Then we talked about eagles. Eagles fly alone. Alone. God wants to take us to heights, depths, however you want to say it. But the masses aren't going to go. And a lot of times because the masses don't go, we don't go. Because we think there's safety in the crowd. The crowd must be right. That'd be a bad choice if it was in the day of Noah. When they built that ark, the masses stayed out. And eight went in. Creepy looking building they'd never seen before. And all of a sudden the door closed by itself. Looking for a group of people. Tonight that again will remember. Shake themselves if need be, but getting back into insisting for the things of God. Remember we talked about not too long ago the worst enemy of what we would say this is the best we can get in God. The worst enemy is being good in God. Having a good church, uh, some good sermons, a good band, good music, good altar call. And we can settle for that and, and not have the best in God. Well, we need to insist, absolutely insist on moves of God. Seems like every time summer is over, 
most of us are just wore out from summer. I don't know if it's been wore out from, we can't even say heat this year. We haven't hardly had any heat. But summer itself, heat or no heat, it just seems to run ragged because uh, through the seasons and the time, you get extra daylight. And we love to play and plant and garden and play and plant and garden and garden and plant and play. And then summer's over and somehow we love God. We love God, but it just kind of falls lower in the deck and all that kind of stuff. And now here you are looking at me saying, what do you got? Well, I'm looking at you saying, what would you bring? If you don't feel the presence of God in this, then you didn't bring God. He's supposed to live in us, right? So anytime you go to a church and start to mumble, you're, you're talking about yourself. Because if you say, I don't feel the presence of God. Now, look, we have got to have the most of God that we can get with these puny little minds and our puny little attempts to serve God. We must insist on it because the enemy is going to do his thing, whatever it is, to constantly keep you down, beat at you, and wear you out. That's what he does. That's what we call discouragement a little bit this morning. We talk about being discouraged. And when you get discouragement in your life, you become lackluster, you become frozen by fear, and then you start to doubt God. And we're living in an age of fear. The economy, the terrorists, are they going to strike? Are they going to get us that bomb, this bomb, the economy, this administration, that administration, the whole thing? We have to focus on the Lord God Almighty. We have to insist You must insist. You must reschedule your schedule. And you must come here on Wednesday and seek God. Insist on a move of God. Insist. Rearrange your schedule. Do what you've got to do. We've got to get a hold of God. We've got to have the kabod of Almighty God. You just aren't going to get it because you want it. Do you understand? Well, I'm not sure... I've got six messages laying on my desk over there thinking, God, which one? Well, this is, and then remember this, and then God this. And and so they're getting a little jumbled in me. But I know that God is again saying, come on. We have been privied to a lot of insight in God. God has showed us some wonderful things through his word of God. But we're like not, do you understand? God wants a wife. He doesn't want a girlfriend. He wants a wife, not a girlfriend. He wants a commitment. He wants to be married. And this is a little bit of my Sunday morning message, which I never did preach. It came from watching HGTV. And we'll probably do that tonight. We DVR house hunters. And we go home and we go one, two, three, two, C, told you, all that kind of stuff. And the majority, I don't know, maybe half, I'm not sure what the percentage is, but the half of the people that are going out looking for homes to buy are living together already. And that makes no sense to me. I think, why would a woman do that? Why would she totally give herself already to this guy? And, and, and so we see that that's in our uh, community now, it's in our lifestyle now, it's not even, think, they, they just blurt it out on TV, like, used to be an embarrassment type of thing, but that's in the house of God, we want to just move in with the Lord, we don't want to marry Him, we just want to move in, if I can get a touch, if I can get a healing, great, little chocolate, little flowers, jewelry, cool, you bug me, I'm gone, no commitment, and that's not going to get us the kabod. God doesn't want a girlfriend. He wants a wife. An absolute commitment. And this is the beginning. But what happens is we lose heart. Like in Luke 18.1 was supposed to be my opening text. and And he says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. But I add, but we do faint. We do. We go good for a while, and we kind of fizzle. And the flesh is a horrible thing. It'll be a great day when you leave that flesh behind, that old nature, that lump of flesh. 
And it says faint. You know, faint means to be weak and be weary or to fail in heart. And God tells us, don't lose heart. And when you fail in heart, you, you about give up. You're looking for your spiritual towel to throw it in. And the enemy goes, good, we got her. Another one. And you throw in this towel and the influence and your testimony, everything gets ruined. And it seems like the enemy constantly and continues to win. And God's eyes keep running to and fro, seeing who he can show himself strong through. A people of God. Us. We must insist on this. Proverbs 12.25 tells us, Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop. Stoop. We did a little bit of that this morning. Heaviness in heart. Proverbs 13.12 says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Sick. Heaviness and stooping and, and sickness. We give in to doubt and unbelief. Did a message years ago, and I can't remember. I called someone up here, and uh, was as if we had the Lord Jesus Himself on trial. And we said, "You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth." So help you God. And he goes, "Yes, I do." And we go, "I object. I don't believe him." It's, that's that's what we do to our Lord. We are filled with doubt and unbelief and then discouragement. And then we start using excuses for when prayer is not answered like we were hoping or immediately and we start to lose our fire and our expectation and we become lifeless and we start losing heart. Who's a Facebook buddy of mine? Okay, cool. Who read about the... Oh, what's the name of that thing? Hermit Crab. Who read about the Hermit Crab on my Facebook? Nice buddies. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, I got five real buddies. Facebook says I have 302 or something. But it talks about the crab the, that's constantly beat and tossed by the waves, by the shore, constantly pouncing off the coral. And the waves are constantly ferocious and never stop. And it says, for some unknown reason, some of those crabs give up that lifestyle, and they go and look for a shell and live in it, instead of taking a constant pounding by the waves, turmoils and trials and persecutions. And it says, it's been noted those her- crabs who have become a hermit crab, after a while, they start to lose their limbs and legs. And they become useless. They just exist. That's it. Waiting to die. Not realizing that the constant pounding of the waves was making them strong. Not, not counting the, the waves, that, the, the torrents that constantly come and beats upon them, gives them strength and the ability to, to ward off the enemy. And so they look for an escape on their own. And they doom themselves without knowing. They just fall. And all they do is having a life, have a life of existence. And that's what most Christians do. We're looking for the easy way, the easy path. And God is telling us to insist. Insist on serving me. Insist of going for the gold in me. God says there's hidden manna. Hidden manna. Find it. Go for it. At times I find myself sitting in my office, sometimes with no strength, broken with disappointment and failure, yours and mine, as if we're not supposed to. We do fail. Sometimes it seems to get the upper hand and I got this heavy heart, feeling like God is far off. 
But man, God, are you ever going to move and start to lose heart? And then I remember this was years ago, and I wrote it down again, that God impressed this thing upon my heart. And it went this. This is one of those moments that I'm like this. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, 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 God, oh. Heavy-hearted. Lights off in my office. And then all of a sudden, God comes up with this, press on into the deep things of God. And I'm going, oh, I'm going to quit. And God's going, press on into the deep things. Insist upon tasting the profounder, profounder mysteries of my redemption. Insist on it. Take the beating of the waves and the pounding of the surf. Or you crawl off and you get into some nice little hammock shell and then everything falls off and you exist. Told you for years, by the time I'm done, it would be a good hour, 6,000 souls would have what? Died and gone to hell in an hour. Okay? And so this is what God says, keep your feet on the ground. To me, that meant don't get stupid in God. Don't get silly in God, which a lot has happened in that area. Keep your feet on the ground, but let your heart soar as high as it will in believing and trusting God. Praying according to the will of God. Not to the will of what you want, but to the will of God. God says you have not, because that which you ask for, you ask amiss, that you might consume it on your own self. And so in order to get the kabod, the weighty presence of God, you've got to do it God's way. You can't be dating God. God will not move in. He will not take that kind of vow. You must marry him. Marry him. He says, if you follow after, if you thus follow after, heaven will surely be open to you, and you will, with Ezekiel, see visions of God. But God says, you got it. Insist. It's just the way it is. Any of you who raise your kids, giving them everything they ever wanted at any given time, you're damning them. You are. You are. You're sparing the rod. Where are you sending them? To hell, the Bible says. That's what it says. It's what the Word of God says. Now, here we are with this relationship with our Heavenly Father. Why do we want Him to just do everything for us? You must insist on this walk. Oh, and the waves, and the torrent, and the current, and the bashing up against the sharp coral will happen. It will happen. But like I told someone not too long ago, at times, usually once summer's over, we go back to praying every Saturday. And we've been doing this for years. And in the, midst, in the beginning, it's, yeah. And then in the midst, you're like, dang. And towards the end, you're like, geez. It, it seems like it's doing nothing. It feels like it's doing nothing. I'm telling myself it's doing nothing. The enemy's telling me it's doing nothing. And then summer's crazy. It gets so late. I mean, light's so late. And we take a little bit of a time out to just say, come on. We're really not even into this anymore. We're just meeting. And then you kind of go through the summer, and usually some of those folks that we pray with come back and say, man, I can't wait until we start praying again. Because even though they didn't sense it, feel it, or realize it, stuff was going on. Just stop. I just came across an article that someone, a a local church, wrote to, to his congregation And he's challenging them. He's challenging them for 60 days. 
every hour of every day, make yourself think of God. Make yourself. Whether you've got to set the alarm. Everybody's got alarms. They go off all over the place. So from 9 o'clock, make yourself think, God's with me. I'm serving God. Then do your business, whatever you've got to do, whatever you're getting the kids off to school. And beep, 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 10 o'clock in your mind. That's right. God's still with me. That's a pretty cool idea, I thought. Well, why don't we do 60 days and never think about God? I'd got to be crazy to be a pastor to do that. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Because probably the only people who would be here would be visitors that walked in for the first time. pastor probably wouldn't show up. You wouldn't show up. Because we cannot disconnect from God. You must insist in staying connected. God insists. You understand, if you want to be an eagle for God, you are going to fly alone. You're going to soar where you've never been in God, but you're going to be alone. All the crows will be under you. Caw, caw. Who are you? Holier than thou. I'm telling you, you'll be alone. You will be alone. Eagles, fly alone. They're not in flocks. They're alone. And crows can't get to the eagle. Because the eagle can soar higher than the crow can go. So they'll just talk about you. Well, I'm telling you, where I'm asking you to go, most Christians won't go there. They're not going to go there. I'm not saying they're not going to go to heaven, but I'm saying they're, they're not going to go there. Jesus Christ wants to open the heavens up to us. The problem is not Him. It's us. We must insist on it. That word insist means to persist constantly. If we get 50 inches of snow, come to church. I'm not calling it off. Come. Insist on it. Whatever. I mean, we got so many, I don't drive good at night. Then get someone to get you. I mean, just whatever it, we got to insist if we really, do you really want to make a mark? Do you really want to have the move of God? I'm not talking about you can't perform it and you can't make it happen. But you can persist. Day and night, they cried. The guy that got company went to his neighbors. I need some bread. Have you ever tried to ignore someone at your door? I'm good at it. I am real good at it. But after a while, if they keep going on, you're like, who the heck is that? I want. Isn't it true? <laughs> it's true. And God is saying, knock. That word knock means rap. Rap. I told you before, and years ago, and while I was in the military, when they, we had to go address the DI, we had to knock on his door. We had knocking lessons because he was tired of us being wimps. We'd walk up and go, and he'd come, and you'd have this tray of stuff that you had to have inspected, and he'd kick it out of your hands, and he would call you all kind of adjectives. He did. They actually taught. We had to knock one time real loud. He'd go, Come in! Knock. We're talking about God tells us, knock, ask, seek. We do for a while. Then we spit and sputter. We do. This insisting. You know the part. I don't even have to read it about the judge. The persisting of this person. He said, man, I don't fear God, people, or anybody, but this person is driving me crazy. And he goes and petitions whatever she wanted. Now, our Heavenly Father isn't like that. But the kabod? How about this one? I was thinking of this one. How about frost? The frost recipe. You remember that one? We're, going, we're coming into that season. 
Now they got different windows now and all that kind of stuff, but there was a certain as- uh, the uh, certain air and humidity and chill factor and cold and all that stuff had to just be right. A certain environment for all of a sudden frost shows up on your window. You cannot live in sin. You cannot be practicing sin and think you're going to carry the kabod. You're going to die. We cannot have sin practice in this church. Many will die. Cannot hide Babylonian garments and wedges of gold in the Word of God, things from the world. We're going to die. We're going to stop the move of God. Bible tells us in Revelation 2, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give that hidden manna. There's hidden manna. Hidden, concealed bread from heaven waiting to be discovered. I was even thinking about the talents and blessings and stuff that God has given you. And you hoard it. When you hoard the manna, what happened to it? It rotted and stunk. It stinks. You could take what was there for you, but if you're like, going to get six, seven more quarts, it's going to turn to worms and stink. And God has given you a talent. He's given you giftings. Every joint. Supplies. And if you hoard it under yourself... It stinks and becomes filled with worms. It's almost like we don't, we don't need any more revelation, even. We've got all that we need. The Lord's waiting on it. Now, it's not going to be a piece of cake. That's the difference. We want cake. Trying to watch the whole the triglyceride thing. That's horrible. Horrible. I'm doomed to celery and tomatoes, green peppers. I want cake! And all that stuff that tastes so good, but isn't good for me. And that's where we are with serving God. He saw them toiling and rowing. And you're not going to be your little bass boat with your little motor going... Isn't it great? This is wonderful. It's beautiful. Have your little wifey there with your picnic basket. They were toiling, storms, trying to get it done. Hands raw, muscles aching. That toiling means to be harassed, distressed. The rowing means to drive. I press, not skip. Or ride a bike. It's a press. I press toward the high calling. Insist on it. Or you can just exist. No arms, no legs, no talents, no gifting, no testimony, no power, no Holy Ghost, no anointing. Just exist. It's a choice. That's where we're at. The burning bush. God never said a word until something happened by you first. What happened? Bush is crackling away but not being consumed. God's not going, Aaron, host, up here on the mountain. Aaron, here, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, God didn't do that, did he? He didn't do that. What would make Aaron hear from God? (laughs) 
God never said a word. Until what? Aaron went, i got to check this out. Until she turned aside to go. Then God spoke, Aaron, take them shoes off. She could have walked right by. God wouldn't have spoke. We're not turning aside. We blow past Wednesday. We blow past Sunday night. There'll be half of this on Wednesday. And we want the kabod. No, we don't. I want a magic pill. I want to... I heard them yelling this when the kids were playing softball. It took me a little... Just one or two times to get it. But they were yelling, A.K. Steel, A.K. Steel. like, what the flying A.K. Steel? Well, I looked and Adam King was batting. The dude's like steel. So, A.K. Steel, I'm going, A.K. Steel. <laughs> and that's what I want, Jody. I want a pill that I can take. A.K. Steel. A.K. AK Steel pill. Say that. And I can take it in my head and face and body and complexion, but be Adam. That's what we look for. It's what we want. God tells us without faith, it's absolutely impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Diligently. 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 They have to go after God. Okay? Wednesday. Take that as the least popular day for some reason. I, I don't know why. But if somebody calls me to go golfing on the finest golf course, Wednesday night, no. Sorry. People come over. How, how Shouldn't I be like you? We're people, right? Shouldn't um, someone that's here on Wednesday come up and make an announcement and say, the pastor was ready to come over, but his neighbor stopped in to see him and couldn't make it to church. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend. That word contend means struggle and to agonize. We don't agonize anymore. Stupid stuff is going on all the time. Stupid stuff. False gospels. Liars all over the place. And yet we're not agonizing. You must insist. You must insist to do this. There isn't a pill. There isn't a formula. There isn't a shake or a microwave, something... There isn't an instant something, but it does happen. It's happened throughout life. Every generation, it does happen. It's happening in other nations right now. And it probably could be in remote areas happening in our own nation. It does happen. But we need to assert ourselves just like that church is going to do that thing for 60 minutes for 60 days that's going to take effort effort no matter where you're at what's going on beep 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 and you've got to bring yourself back into remembrance of god that's hard for flesh people
Acts talks about men that have hazarded their lives. Hazard their lives for Christ. This is what we've got to ask God to do. We have to insist on this. We have to zero in. People need miracles. People need touched from God. Zero in. Weep and pray for that person. Here and alone. Weep and cry out. First Corinthians three one tells us, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as, un, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now, 98% of you I know, and 98% of you I know know this. It's just easier, you know to go with the flow instead of against it. It's just so easy. So relaxing. You go with the flow. Ephesians 4 says this, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every stinking darn wind of doctrine that's going to come. By the slight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby thy lay in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. It's time to grow up. Man, New Hope's going to be 20 years old in April. 20. Man, I thought we'd be walking on water. I mean, moving that wall out, the city fearful that we're here. Mm. But it takes a group, actually just a couple. You remember the message about striking a match? I never preached that here. So it's, We've been in here 10 years. It was over there. Had it pitch dark at the altar call snuck matches to certain people after I preached that message. It just takes the striking pitch black dark. Even had the windows blacked out. Someone over there went one of those old wooden matches, remember? It lit up the whole sanctuary. One little spark. Do I have a spark out there? Michael, please. As Mike comes, just these are some thoughts I wrote. We want to insist on that we want a true church, not just a church, not just a gathering, not such a not a country club or a social club. We want a true church, God, a real live church, a true church. We need real moves of the Holy Ghost, real moves. Real, real moves of the Holy Ghost. We need to insist in desire for the glory of God to come day in, day out. Whether you feel it, like it, think it's coming, ever going to come, insist. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. We need to insist that we must have the anointing. I'm talking about you, wherever you're at. I know uh, Roger um, Sw- uh, Pettit drives truck for Swibel Bread. He's probably a cell. He needs the anointing. I don't care about the bread, but the bread of life. The anointing on his life. So that when God does set something up and he does talk, man, the anointing's there. Learn to carry the kabod, the weighty presence of God. You just can't go, hey, buddy, Jesus, high five, come on with me. That stuff just doesn't work. 
Might sound cool. You had on. He's holy. Say this. Oh Lord, touch my lips. You want to do that? Say, God, touch my lips. Touch my lips. We must insist on being steadfast. Storms are coming. Big ones. America's not going to go back the way she was. You just might as well face it. You need to insist on being steadfast. You need to insist on you must be a person of integrity. Let the people coming up and out of wheelchairs and all throwing crutches away. Great, but you must have integrity. Get integrity. It will lead you and guide you. It will take you around all the pits, the quicksands, the bad currents that you must avoid. Integrity will. Insist on it. Insist on being a light in gross darkness. Coming to church doesn't make you a light. Remember, if you remember everything, remember, Jesus is not looking for a girlfriend. He doesn't do that live-in stuff. He doesn't do that. Beyond me, I don't know why a lady would do that. If he wouldn't commit to you, ladies, he doesn't deserve to have you. That's just the way it is. We must insist on being a haven of rest for weary travelers that come in shipwrecked, broken, nasty looking. We must insist on doing it right. Doing it right. If we flubbed up, we've got to back up. It's like David. Oh, oh, we've got to carry the ark this way. I didn't know. Do it right. Do you understand when the ark, when King Saul was king, the ark sat untouched and unwanted for 20 years. What a shame. The presence of God is what the ark was in the Old Testament. David becomes king. First thing he says, let's get the ark. And off they go. And they put the ark on a cart with an ox. And it says they dance and plague with all their might. All their might. I mean, it was a great time. They're rejoicing. You think God would be pumped. God says, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Hit the bump in the road. Ark went. Uzziah went. And he dropped dead. And they all went, what? They meant a good thing. They're trying to do a good thing. You've got to do it God's way. He does not want a girlfriend. He wants a wife. Totally committed one another for better or for worse for richer or for poor in health and in sickness that's what he wants he don't want to move in As you stand, I want to ask you this question. Let's stand. We'll trim some of this. Paul says this, familiar verse for you guys. Brethren... I count not myself to have apprehended, 
He's saying, I don't, I don't know everything. I don't know it either. But this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now here's my question to you. Do you even have a mark? Do you even have a goal in God? A mark? Do you have one? School administrations will tell you, your child's got to have a goal. He's got to have something, a goal, something to attain, something to go for. Or he'll just exist and things will start to fall off. And he'll do nothing. Do you have a mark? song we used to sing years ago, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. Do you have a mark? Be honest with you and God. Mark, I don't think, I don't think I have a goal. I'm not talking about being the famous evangelist, and you're messed up anyway. You are, and you know that. But I'm talking about a mark. And God, if I could just be used by you, whatever you want to do, do you have a goal, a desire, a longing, an aching, a mark that you can press towards? So if you don't, if you don't have a goal or a mark, get one. Well, how do I get one? Ask your Heavenly Father. Ask Him. Ask Him. And He'll give it to you. He might give you a number of them. What's cool about that is He gives you the ability, the strength, the intellect, the wisdom to do it. Everything to do it. Everything. So as we open up our altars, ask yourself as you walk down here, whether you sit there with God, do I have a mark? I don't care how old you are. Do I have a goal? Who was it? Caleb. Remember Caleb? And Joshua. The only two that said, we can take it. We can take the promised land. And the other ten said no. And God rejected them all. Do you ever think of Caleb and Joshua? Forty Years They had to deal with all these people that said no when they know they could have done it. Now, Caleb is, what, 80 or 85 years old. He still had his goal. He told them, give me that mountain. After 40 to 45 years of wandering in a desert... He still had that mark, that goal, that burning desire, that strength, that ability to do it. So I don't care how much time you've wasted. You don't have a mark, get one. You all said, Michael. Okay, our altars are open. I'm looking for people to insist because as you insist, you will help me. You will help me. Insist. Insist on it. You have no fire? Tell them. It's out, God. God, I think it's out for a long time. Lord, I don't even have dry wood. Lord, I don't even have a desire for fire. Tell them. Just tell them. And then move on from there. Say, God, give me a goal in you, a mark, a desire, something to shoot for. Shoot at God and you. Get your orders from Him. No one else. From Him. Insist. Weighty presence of God upon your life. The kabod. Know now as you come. Eagles fly alone. Eagles will soar in the heavenlies, catch currents up there that all the rest can't get.
but you'll be alone. Ask God for that heart to be a God chaser. A God chaser. Don't be satisfied with the aroma or the perfume of God. Yeah. The presence of God is here. Chase. Go after God. Pursue Him in hot pursuit. Go after Him. Souls are dying, truly dying. And you sit here with the manna. Get that mark. Get that goal. Lord, give us that desire. The pure in heart will see God. We need to see God. I'm tired of reading history books about God and moves of God. I haven't read one for a long time. I would tell God, I'm tired of reading. I want to write one. I want to be in the midst of one. A current one. Insist. Move your schedules around. God is a jealous God. Move your schedules to honor God. Move them the best of your ability to honor. Someone strike a match. Someone strike a match.